What is going on? My name is Jonathan. <laughs> this is Comic Book Cinema, and today we're going to discuss Batman Returns, the sequel to Tim Burton's legendary first Batman film that changed the game entirely in 1989. This sequel came out in 92. I think that a few members in the group might not have been out of their mother's womb yet at this point. Uh, I know <laughs> I'm a late 80s child. Uh, Luke and Shane, were you guys born in 92 yet? Luke was born in 91. Oh. I was born in 92. How about He is that? correct. <laughs> you young bucks here that I have on the show with me today. 92, I think at that point, Batmania was just in full effect. I know it was for me at least. My fourth birthday was literally everything Batman. The toys from this film, you know, the Batmobile, the... The penguin action figures. I even had those little penguins from this film that were decked out in the, you know, the little uh, rockets and everything were strapped to their backs. I had a lot of Batman memorabilia, and I think that that's quite possibly what kicked off my fandom for comic book cinema, if you will. With all that being said, we'll just start things off a little slow, and we'll we'll start with Penguin's origin. How how well do you think that was done on the film, guys? <laughs> Me personally, not knowing anything about the Penguin prior to seeing that movie, and I remember like as a kid watching it and thinking it was scary, like very scary. I mean, the Penguin particularly, you know, but and also thought it was kind of weird. The it was a little gruesome, and apparently, I learned later that they got a lot of controversy for that. But nonetheless, I liked it because it was Batman. You know what I'm saying? I'm sold on this because I love Batman. I had Batman in my heart. They threw a child in a wicker bassinet into the freezing cold lake around Christmas time. Like it yeah. was gonna float. <laughs> you know, like there was a lot of dark themes in this film for sure, <laughs> and, and like you said, the violence, the sexual innuendo, the language. I mean, for a P, was this film PG or is PG thirteen? Right, I think it's PG thirteen. I think it uh, was PG thirteen. Yeah, so that 13. makes more sense. The, the King Christopher Walken and the character he played, I guess his name. Oh, what was it? Shrek. Or something Shrek. Like that? Yeah, <laughs> so that was weird. Like when he pushed old girl out the window. I was like, this is wild. Like, this came out in 92, and this guy was just like, ha, I'm Christopher Walken. I'm pushing Michelle Pfeiffer out of a window. And that's crazy to me to think of that as an adult, that they could just get away with making a movie like that. But clearly it was a problem. It, if that movie came out today, there's no way that her metamorphosis wouldn't have happened before that. Like, in the meeting, in <laughs that's the beginning, like, there's no way she would have made it to getting pushed out of the window. The entire scenario was so, like, it felt like watching a time capsule of the fifties, the way that they interacted yeah. with her in the beginning of the, the, the they, movie. I, <laughs> I think that was intentional, by the way, I think they really wanted to prove, make a point about, you know, like women in the workplace or what have you. And I, I could be wrong, but I feel like that there was probably a piece of that intended to be, which to be fair, it is a good point. If it's, you know, if something like what was happening in that movie was happening, those guys need to be taken down by Batman or the feds. I'm just saying hundred percent agree. I really think this movie should have been named Catwoman because she's the only one who had any character development in the entire thing. Everybody else was completely two-dimensional, especially Batman. I mean, literally nothing <laughs> happened with him the entire movie. But I, I may be getting ahead of ourselves, I mean, of myself, but I cannot get over the scene where she starts making her costume. What is her tongue doing? I, I mean, I, I thought that it was going to turn into Venom and, and like just wrap her around her entire face. Uh, it, anyway, the, the overall theme of this movie was just so slapstick. I, I mean, yes, 
every everything was so like one-liner to answer your question about the origin of penguin i mean number one had nothing to do with the real penguin what, what is this this he if you look at any picture of him in any of the comics he had all these things and this is not even a penguin this isn't even what a penguin has this is a crab so i i don't even it was just like you can't tell us how he was born and how he got to the sewer and then tell us that he's got you know uh whatever that is going on there. Like, so he just turned into a penguin. Like Flippers, he was- as he referred to them in the film. Obviously, Burton took a lot of liberties with the character of Penguin in this movie. And I really didn't mind it. I, I thought it was a different take. You know, he made him very animalistic and gave him the flippers, you know. And <laughs> What are you talking about? Danny DeVito was just Danny DeVito with purple stuff or uh, green stuff coming out of his mouth. I'm he glad that the, you brought- he was the same guy from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in this movie. That is exactly not changed in like <laughs> however many years. It's funny you bring up him specifically, like the actor. I brought up, you know, to a coworker a few days back. Somehow Danny DeVito got brought up. And the first thing my coworker said, he was like, Oh, I hate that guy. And I was like, oh. why, why, why do you hate Danny DeVito? And he's like, well, every time I think of Danny DeVito, I think of him playing the penguin in that movie and just how off-putting he was and disgusting, you know, and just he used a lot of different adjectives to describe Vito. <laughs> but that's that's telling to me. <laughs> His performance in this film, like, was very impactful, in my opinion. You know, it was very like it or not and cheesiness or not. Yeah, whatever. But it's it was a very lasting i guess is the word that i would use like it it made an impact for better or worse it was very memorable like i said it may not be too faithful to the comics and the the source material but it was kind of burton's own thing and it was very if anything this film just like the first batman film is very very tim burton you know what else was uh memorable the first suicide squad and uh it wasn't memorable (laughs) for a good reason uh I just could not disagree more with how crappy this penguin was. Uh, like, literally, his character was just a guy with claws in a potato sack. You know, penguin is supposed to be this strategic guy, right? He's like this crime boss. I mean, I guess he did have like three stages to his plan in this movie. Where first, you know, he was just trying to get the public to feel sorry for him, so that he could get access to the records, the city records, so that. And then it becomes kind of nebulous so that he could get the list of the firstborn sons uh, of everyone in Gotham. And then it was time to kill Christopher Walken and kill all the sons of Gotham. You know, it became really unclear. But, you know, I I guess you could say that was strategic. But really, he just seemed like, you know, this animalistic character with no real control over his actions. Like his interactions with Catwoman were about like a third grader who just met like a woman for the first time. I mean, it, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that was I'll agree with that. built in. It seems like it, it's almost on brand just for the fact that like back then, like we probably are so used to like stories that are just so, you know, intertwined and deep and have more things at this point, by the way, we consume stuff that is like that. It's like, this is almost like playing a game like on Atari versus like playing a game on PlayStation two. It's like, it's completely different. The penguin. Did you ever see Gotham? Anybody ever watched the show Gotham? Yes. 
Okay, penguin on there is completely different, obviously, from this penguin. But to me, it seems like, okay, I had a complaint about the way that he opened it, like the way that he, they're like, oh, hey, look, I rose up this little baby. Like, clearly he hired the guy to steal the baby and then jump down the sewer. And then he's like, oh, no, please, guy that is a penguin, don't kill me. Like, it just seemed like a, a play. Mastermind. Yes, it seemed like it seemed like some kind of a, a play that was just unfolding. But I have to give it credit for the time because I don't even was there any kind of film of Batman other than the uh, old TV series at that point? Is that all they had to play off of? Because it well, was kind of corny. Also, that was the sequel to the first Tim Burton Batman film that came out three years prior. Right. That corny type of like, oh, like people are not going to fall for that. There's no reality in the fact that, like there's a whole group of people, press and who's who and what have you. And they just see Cobblepot come up out of it and they're like, oh, my gosh, they're acting like the who's in like Whoville or something as opposed to acting like civilians of a city. Can we take a moment and just talk about the casting of Max Shrek's son, Chip? That guy's like a massive human being. And they pick <laughs> that guy to play his son, not like a goon or anything else, just some <laughs> dumb son is like, gee, where's dad? He was <laughs> program before. He was a football player. Like, that guy was on roids and just jacked up, and you're like, put him in a suit and make him the dumb kid. Like, I didn't get that. That blew my mind. That's that crazy. I never, I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, I was enormous. Yeah. I can hear the complaints, and I totally agree with them, really. I mean, honestly, when I talk about Danny DeVito as the penguin. I'm just talking about the moments that he created, the look. What scared you, Shane, when you were a kid when you were watching this film? Yeah, this was is what it? I was gonna this is what I was gonna say was basically with the penguin himself, that has been my standard. And that's why all of them, despite the fact there have been other versions, you know, watching some of the animated stuff growing up for sure. But like, and just all this different versions of them, to me, the standard is Danny DeVito's because that's terrifying to me. And a villain should be scary to an extent. Yeah, in most in, in well, most cases like that. This movie is by no means Citizen Kane. It is very, <laughs> and it's just like the first Tim Burton film. The grand scheme of the villain is about the dumbest crap that you're ever going to see. The same with the Joker in the first film, where he his giant plan was to poison all of Gotham in this parade. You know, it was just very over the top. When you look at the time period, all they had before that was, like you said, Shane, the '60s show. Right. So they were trying to take all of that and bring it in a more serious direction, which I think that they very much did with these two films. Now, after Tim Burton and Michael Keaton left in this film and then going into three and four, that's when things started to go really downhill and back to the whole like campy, campy, campy stuff. We definitely, but, had, we've yeah. definitely had a conversation about this before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly, yeah. The, the film is, is does not hold up well at all. And I'm not trying to, you know, defend it in any way. I'm just saying that I think that what Danny DeVito did as the Penguin was, at the very least, memorable. So Absolutely. Sure. Definitely. The penguin funeral was great. And they slowly slid him into the water. Oh, my God. So yeah. that that, I laughed for like 15 minutes when I saw that. I was like, they are not even trying to make it look like those penguins are moving his body. They're just like, look, just trust us. This is the concept we're trying to relate. The penguins are putting his body into the water. Turn your brain off. Yeah. <laughs> it looks, I mean, I know they didn't have access to the, you know, kind of technology that we did today. Uh, and honestly, I thought some of that was cool. Like the, the little duck mobile, you know, was kind of an interesting 
Like I like I I actually liked that they went out of the way and made something like that. That scene, I'm so glad that was at the end of the movie because it just encapsulates the whole thing. Like <laughs> it was so dramatic at first too. His death scene was just so dramatic and spitting all over himself and then just down and then the penguins come out and march them into the water. To, to me, it was crazy. It's like the, it's like the very first scene. You know, of course, you got you know uh, Pee Wee Herman dropping the kid over the uh, over the bridge or whatever, and and then he goes down. And it's like the, it's like it closes out and goes into something else after it just shows like the the behind side of the penguins looking at the baby like ah we're here mischievous penguins we will raise you to be our own. <laughs> It was funny. I mean, but you know, whatever. I was like, dang. Very outlandish, very cheesy, for sure. There was definitely a strong, strong theme of the animals who represented each of these characters. Catwoman was licking Batman's face. If anything, bats were the one who pushed Penguin to his to his demise. Which I don't remember that like you know, I guess that happens sometimes in the comics, but that wasn't like a very strong element in, in the in the comics to my memory. And then, uh, yeah, the penguin had all these freaking penguins. Speaking of the bats pushing penguin off, there wasn't very much combat in this this movie. I don't know if that was the, similar in the first one, but it really was a lot of drama and theatrics. But Batman didn't really kick that much. This is something I will say, and yeah, I can hear you there a little bit, Luke, as far as you know, lack of action. But you know, for its time, this honestly had a little bit more action than the first Tim Burton Batman film in a lot of ways. You got a lot of action with the Batmobile. I love the look of the Batmobile, by the way. I mean, it looks absolutely phenomenal, just as great as it did in the first Tim Burton film. Love the Bat suit. It looks slightly different, slightly modified from the first Burton film. That's one thing that I love about this movie. I think that that Bat is a miracle worker because it took someone like Michael Keaton, who is literally, literally the size of me and Shane, and made this dude like, look bigger and taller and everything else. I mean, I guess high heels isn't something that's super hard to implement in the suit, but the suit itself just, yeah, it just made him look larger than life. I thought that was great. I I love the costume. I love the look. What do you guys think? I didn't like at the end how he just ripped it off like it was nothing. Like you just, oh, this, yeah, this just comes right off. (laughs) Just tore it right off the neck. Yeah. That was that was odd and out of character. Like he was like this indestructible fighting machine, and all of a sudden, like, oh yeah, if you guys would have just grabbed here, this just rips right off. And also made no sense in the movie. Yeah, made no sense. They'd all like him and Catwoman already knew who they were. I mean, he really only revealed himself to Penguin, which Shrek was had he had no motivation to do at that point. I, I mean, it's, it's Shrek. Shrek was there. Christopher. Okay, Walton. Shrek. Yeah, I mean, even worse. <laughs> Which caused Trek to kill, uh, well, you know, in real world, kill Catwoman. I mean, or at least, look, I don't know how much time lagged between when he shot Catwoman and when she was seen right after that in the snow or whatever. But trust me, she was walking around with a colostomy. But that that's a discussion for another time. I will say the Catwoman thing is crazy. Obviously, to the point of just how wild it was, me watching it again recently and seeing old dude christopher walken who looks incredibly young by the way in this film i guess he is much younger but yes he he looks sharp i'm just saying his hair looks nuts but christopher walken is always i always thought he was a cool old dude but he is you know tight i digress he pushes the woman out the window and it's like oh my gosh bro what like she was uh you know a homely 
mildly psychotic girl that you know she just was trying to help and they were like uh, earlier in the movie when they're like she makes a hell of a cup of coffee i'm just like oh my goodness man like like what in the world like the rv is so mean to this woman anyway <laughs> goes on and she gets pushed out of a window somehow lives i get it she felt through the little curtains or whatever she lives and the cats come up and eat her she hasn't even been dead for like 20 minutes and they just <laughs> start go down like just savagely devour try oh, to devour the cat problem around here yeah yeah like where do all these cats come from bro like the rat should have came first if it was that serious. <laughs> that next scene, I guess, like as Luke was referred to, where she's like making her her suit and stuff like that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, like where's the angst? I, I feel like I should be hearing no, give about my reputation. <laughs> like this, like her spray in the spray can. It's like she's you don't look seriously mad at all. Uh, I don't know if we were going on. I'm going on a tangent about Catwoman, but uh, you know carry on <laughs> no that's good i think that we should talk a little bit about you know selena kyle as played by michelle pfeiffer this was the well actually the third interpretation of catwoman on the screen at that point because you know previously we had had catwoman played by two different actresses in the 60s i forget both their names uh or, or, oh it was three. Oh, i didn't know that okay it was yeah, early Lee mary brother was another one that everybody forgets about who Lee Merriweather. She actually played Lily Monster too. That's right. And then Eartha Kit. Eartha Kit. And then um the only one that I knew was Eartha Kit. <laughs> but yeah, so it had gonna blurt it out later. <laughs> we had had the character on screen before, but Julie Nomar. Okay, the there you one. go. So yeah, I mean we had had the character played, you know, by three different actresses on the 60s show, but that was a whole different thing. And you know, this is kind of the first big screen appearance that we got from the character of Catwoman. I think that she did a really good job. There was a lot more room for open interpretation and you didn't really have to think so much about what had come before at this point. Nowadays, you know, like for instance, Zoe Kravitz, the newest actress that has portrayed Catwoman on the big screen. She probably thought, okay, so Anne Hathaway played Catwoman, you know, then you have Michelle Pfeiffer. She probably was thinking about all these different versions and, you know, probably using some of that for inspiration but at this time, I think that you could say that most of what we got was straight from Michelle Pfeiffer's brain, possibly. Or, you know, a lot to do with Tim Burton as well. I mean, he was the director, but I, I thought it was good. I mean, you know, like anything else in this film, it was there was a lot of cringy and cheesy moments. Like Luke referred to earlier, you know, the dialogue between Penguin and Catwoman was just, it was really rough. She did a good job, though. She looked good in the suit. She was convincing enough. So I thought she was a good Catwoman. She definitely redefined the character for all of us going forward, I think, compared to, like, the three previews. They all really didn't use the whip or anything until she brought it in, and it carried on in the comics and stuff, too. So, And you see that a lot with films, you know, like, films influence the comics a lot, you know, when you have the first major appearance of a character in a movie like this. Like you said... Uh, Rick, you know, it just changes the character so much in the comics. We've seen that with the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, lots of lots of other characters in the comics are, are changed forever when we see them on the first time on the big screen. She's definitely uh, hard to forget, just like Danny DeVito. Obviously not as bad, but completely unrealistic in any way. So something I want to throw out there that I never noticed. This is maybe like a small Easter egg. It's probably something that's been known for 20 plus years, but... I'm throwing it out there because I noticed it by myself on my own when I was watching the film. Her uh, little neon sign said, hello there. 
And when she broke two of the bulbs, it turned into hell. hell. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, like I had never seen that pointed out in any type of Easter egg video. However, I've never really, I'll confess, I don't think I've ever, you know, did a deep dive or delve into uh, Batman Returns on YouTube or anything. But another thing I'll say too, another positive, I thought the actors and actresses that played Penguin's little circus free misfit group, you know, his goon squad, whatever you want to call them, were were good. You know, the 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 female, the big fat guy was good, and then you know the clowns. Every like, I enjoyed that group and the guy with the beard that had the the machine gun that he pulled out. You know, I mean, it was over the top, but I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was definitely fun, like a, like an animated show that was made real. They were better actors than Danny DeVito. I, I just have to say, it. I mean, Danny DeVito was just like, I, I felt like he was just grunting the entire movie, and then like sometimes words happen instead of grunts. And and, I love and then, that. you know, he just had green stuff pouring out of his mouth. What even? What even was that? Was he? Was that supposed to be his blood? Like he had green blood. Penguins don't have green blood. What are we doing? Clean yourself I mean, up, please. Like, there was there was a couple moments where I felt like the female who was like, you know, doing the countdown at the end, where she had to like correct Danny DeVito and re- like, hey, you're being a little crazy. Let's move forward with this part of the plan, you psycho. Um, <laughs> I, I, again, you can you can romanticize Danny DeVito's performance, and that's fine. But now that we've seen him later on, which, Shane, to talk about his cosmetic appearance is, is just absolutely ludicrous. Danny DeVito had a sharp nose that some makeup artist put together with styrofoam. I, I don't know, but he still was balding in the potato sack. Do you remember? Do yeah, you remember? It, yeah, it was terrifying. I have expressed it several <laughs> times on this podcast. So so terrifying <laughs> is different than Danny DeVito was looking pretty good. For, like for what? Like Humpty Dumpty? Anyways, I just cannot get behind Danny DeVito having any... Like remember his interaction with, with Batman when Batman's driving his, his Batmobile and Danny DeVito's like on a video like in here and he's just like... <laughs> I've got you this time. Like, it looked like he was in a little Batmobile from like a, a mall that you put like 25 cents in and put your kid in and then like try to be happy for a couple minutes, you know, because they're entertained. Like, it, you know, it's like the, those goons put him in that so that they could have a moment uh, alone without Danny DeVito. I, I you know. the ingenuity of sewer dwellers to put that all together. Yeah. Right. I mean, completely <laughs> unnecessary, but somebody, anyway. somebody get these oh, people oh. a home. <laughs> I remember another ridiculous thing when they show up with the big present, you know, in the beginning of the film and, and then they start like, you know, churning out the Gatlin gun. Batman doesn't go to that. He goes to the guys that are literally just going around and like stealing. The first guy he actually attacks, I think like stole a purse. And then there's like somebody over here like Gatlin gunning a crowd. Uh, and then Batman's like, oh, well, you know, that'll figure itself out. Let me go over here. Go run out. And, and, and uh, what did he, he use? Like a, 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 a taser, daddy gift to daughter taser to freaking get the only the only guy who was like not even committing a, committing a violent crime, I don't think. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of a lot of stuff like that in the film. I, I will not deny that at all. Some of the innu- innuendo, the sexual innuendo that was in the film, like little stuff that you don't like a child's mind obviously doesn't catch on to. But it's been a while since I've seen this film. But when he was just announced that, you know, hey, I'm going to be running for mayor. <laughs> he was talking to Max Shrett as played by Christopher Walken. And he was looking at that chick and he was like, I'd like to feel her void. <laughs> 
Like I was just like, dang, I don't remember all this stuff being in the film. This is that was a constant dilemma for me psychologically to try to decide was it a double joke where it's like, hey, you know, this is so ridiculous that it's funny, it's so unbelievable, or was it just like you know, tapping into, you know, that visceral element, you know, of like back in that day, like, hey, guys are going to like to see him say that. You know, I I, I hope, I really <laughs> hope that it was supposed to be like so too? unbelievable that it was funny. But, you know, I do wonder if they were just like Tim Burton was like, yeah, that'd be cool for if Danny DeVito just freaking cat called this girl right here in front of all these people and nobody says a thing after he bites the head off a fish, you know, whatever. <laughs> but the one guy <laughs> and the nose. nose. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he bit that guy's nose off. Yeah. Luke, I bet if Penguin saw you, he'd probably bite your nose off as well. I, I you know, I bet if you got close enough, he'd bite off anybody's nose. <laughs> you don't have a backstory to that. There's no explanation of why he does that crap. What's that smell? Is that is that DeVito? <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> oh man. Like the whole the whole dialogue there, we've mentioned this before, but I mean, you know, when she puts the bird in her mouth and he grabs the cat and he's acting like he's about to stab the cat. I mean, that whole sequence was just, oh, you know, it was, it was it was pretty corny, pretty cringy. Apparently, like it was like a huge deal about how Tim Burton he went from the first movie and like he didn't want to do the first like the second movie right away. Like apparently he went and did Edward Scissorhands and then they went and did this. They moved supposedly i'm not sure if this is entirely accurate but like they moved the whole set for gotham and stuff like moved it a whole across the like entire world like it was in europe the first movie i guess was filmed in britain maybe or something like that and then they like took the and they set it up in hollywood and to make it easier for tim burton and he, tim burton still didn't want to do the movie you know whenever you watch that movie i don't know exactly who it is that's responsible if it's tim burton or not but like some things in the movie remind me of I guess it is Tim Burton that would be responsible for it, but because as I say, it reminds me of other movies that he's done. That sounds so stupid to say, but like watching Beetlejuice and it's like, ah, like I don't know how to explain it. Like the way that yeah, the absolutely. characters are and the, the, the yeah. look and the feel, the, the yeah. music, everything about it. It was very, like I said earlier, it's very Tim Burton. Absolutely. Animated pre goth feel to it yeah exactly yeah. like it's like to, to me i almost feel like it maybe had more color in the second movie than it did versus the first yeah. one yeah. and mm -hmm. it's like it's like that that changed a bit of the way that it was and it to me it almost seems like a video game come to life but not really i, I know it sounds dumb to say that like but it is it is old so i just think of it like a uh like a big play. We were talking about the people coming out with the Gatling gun at the beginning of the movie and then how everybody's just like, ha, ha, ha. You would think these people would grab them and hold them down and be like, yeah, I'm about to murder you or whatever. And it's like, but they're not like, ha, ha, this is the time, like Power Rangers or something. But <laughs> not really. It's just interesting the way that they act like characters. You could easily see the Nightmare Before Christmas as an example, like just the darkness of or anything Tim Burton's done. Yeah, I guess yeah. it really is just Lots Tim of statues and gates. Yeah, I, yeah. I will say I've said a lot of cons about this movie. I really did enjoy that the 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 Gotham, although it felt like a really small town. Like it felt like everything happened within like a block. Yeah, uh, exactly. But, but, but I did I did like the the aesthetic that they created. That's at least one positive I can say about this movie. Yeah, and absolutely. also uh, Alfred was the best actor in the movie. So you weren't a fan of, of Michael Keaton as Batman? I don't feel like he did anything distinct in this movie. You know, he he kind of seemed like ah. Uh, 
I'm bat, you know, gosh, I gotta freaking be Batman today. And he really wasn't in the movie that much. I was just. About it to was say, mostly it. Catwoman. It was mostly Danny DeVito. It, uh, you know, we didn't see him do all that much except come in the end and then bats uh, beat the penguin. I mean, I wonder if we needed him. Yeah, but wasn't that the way they were trying to play him off as like that dark enigma that like he just shows up and then out of nowhere just beats it and goes on. That was his role, like the Dark Knight, just hiding in the dark. You don't, you didn't really want to see him as much. Yeah, he's not as theatrical as the Penguin and, and Catwoman. Yeah, I don't know. I think that Michael Keaton does a really good job as Batman. He's probably my third favorite person to ever play the character. Maybe, maybe fourth, but definitely, you know, third or fourth. I guess that's not saying a whole lot. But in this film, there, there's a lot of interesting decisions that were made too. At the end, the conclusion of the film. He wants to get all virtuous at the very end, even though he just murdered like at least five or six people prior to this. You know, he doesn't want Catwoman to kill Maxwell Shrek. Like, hey, let's just bring him to jail. Let me tear off this piece of crap mask first, like Rick mentioned earlier. And, and then, you know, hey, hey this let's Ben Cooper mask. Don't, don't kill him. And let's like, go back to my house. <laughs> I need another That's my whole thing. Like, Why would you be so worried about killing this man if you literally just murdered countless people before this? Yeah, typical DC fashion. <laughs> just being silly. I mean, I didn't think he was bad, but like not memorable. Are you about to say Danny DeVito's memorable? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you are. Dude, listen, you read my mind. I swear on everything <laughs> that I've ever known. I was going to say, look. I feel you, Luke. Danny DeVito is the only thing that has like burned himself in my in my brain as the penguin. Like from this film, like beyond like looking into it. And it's exciting hearing the stuff about like what was going on with Tim Burton, like reading the behind the scenes stuff, like of his mindset of wanting to do the movie or not. And it explains why that he didn't do a third one, I guess. You know, because they did obviously kept doing Batman movies. Uh yeah, Penguin. You're right, Penguin. What else would cause my 55-year-old coworker? to talk about Danny DeVito in such a way about a film that he has not seen in 25, 30 years, like literally since the day that it came out. What, like, what else would draw that type of emotion out of a person? Shane referenced it earlier. He was like, this movie scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Why? Because of DeVito's performance. It's kind of like Suicide Squad, you know, the big flaming guy at the end. I'll always remember how stupid and out of place that was. <laughs> like, I, I will forever remember that actor as the guy who ruined suicides. I mean, I Completely can't entirely put it on his shoulders. No, 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 no. different example, because that that's not anything to do with that actor. It's literally a CGI character that maybe they took motion capture from his face. But, I mean, come on, Luke. You know, True. You at least I, admit uh, Obviously a flamboyant, uh, exaggerated comparison. But yes, Danny DeVito is memorable. Do I think that he himself did anything impressive other than to show up and act like a hooligan? No. He was memorable for the fact that he's short and fat. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true at all. Okay, so with all that being said, let's give the rating for the film. If you had to rate this film on a scale from 10 to 0, 0 being awful in every way possible 10 being perfect i'll start I'll, I'll give you guys a rating that you probably weren't expecting but i have this film listed in the 3.5 to 4 range it's oh it's, my gosh are you serious yes absolutely because it does not hold up you know like i said dan devito turned in a memorable memorable performance you have uh you know michael keaton's portrayal of batman is beloved by many it's not my favorite but 
I like the look of the suit and the Batmobile. Gets a little bit of brownie points there. The music is incredible from Tim Burton. It's got that Tim Burton feel, which I love, for Batman especially. But at the end of the day, that's about the only positive stuff that you can say about this film. The plot is stupid, to say the least. The villain's grand scheme at the end of the film is ludicrous. Catwoman, you know, Penguin, they, they said and did a lot of really, really cheesy stuff. This movie's dated, to say the least, so that's the highest, the absolute highest I can go is four. What do you think, uh, Mr. Mr. Rick? I was going to say about a four. I was, you know, around at the time when it was coming out, so the hype was real for me as a kid coming off Absolutely. the first one. So going into the second one, it was a great build-up. Whether his Danny DeVito's performance was <laughs> or not, <laughs> he's still a memorable penguin because people do remember when they when you say penguin, not a lot of people think of Burgess Meredith. They think of Danny DeVito as penguin. No matter exactly. what Gotham, you know, no one really remembers Gotham. It's kind of like a one-off. Nobody thinks about that. So that point, Michelle Pfeiffer was really hot at the time. She, like we said earlier, changed the like persona of Catwoman. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed it because, like I said, I was a kid. I was there in the middle of getting the toys and all that stuff. So the hype was real for me, and it, it holds like a special place for me. But, yeah, does it carry on good like nowadays? No. No way. Yep. Yeah, I, I'll give it a four. Can I ask, what what do you think you would have rated it when you saw it when it came out? Oh, when it came out, being the age that I was, which was like three or four, probably an eight or nine. I mean, yeah. I, I think in your, in your memory after that, not as a three or four year old, you know, uh, until you rewatched it, what did you think you were going to rank it? Oh, about the same that I rated it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I recently rewatched it again. I actually had it playing on the background and. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't hold up as well as like literally when I tell you guys the same with Rick, I had Batman Returns bed sheets, like the curtain that goes on the outside of the bed too. I had a movie poster that was framed. I had all the action figures, all the toys, a video game on Sega Genesis that I yes. played like all the time. Yeah. It was Batman Returns the video game. So I mean like I was obsessed with Batman. So at that time, yes, this was a you know, this was the Avengers back in 1992, okay? Yeah. Well, movie totally with Catwoman and Batman, all these characters coming together. This was the Avengers back in 1992, like I said. But now, it's not very good. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw this movie as a kid, and I really didn't remember much coming into it. So I, it's hard for me. I think I remembered it fondly. Um, but I, I had already made a decision about 10 minutes into this movie. I mean this this was this was this was not a B movie, not even a C movie, right? If I, I couldn't like the only reason that I would complete this movie is to talk about it on this podcast. I would give this a, a three and I consider that to be generous. It just hasn't aged well. I don't remember what movies were like in, in that era. Uh, but now rewatching it at, at this point, um, I mean it was just absolute tragedy. It's 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 worse than one of those movies that you would watch on sci-fi, like those those just random movies that come on. Like, wow. uh, have you ever heard of Thanks Killing? Yes. This is like the movie, and I'm not being hyperbolic. I, I mean, it is it is truly just barely above Thanks Killing, both in the writing and the 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 execution of the movie. You know, uh, and but I will give Alfred's performance a ten out of ten. 
this is the thing. There's pros and cons to everything. Honestly, one of the biggest pros to me is the fact that Tim Burton did this movie. It's crazy that Michael Keaton, like this is the guy that a lot of people revere as like their favorite Batman. They want him back for anything they can get him back within that freaking suit. Almost cursed, but like they want Michael Keaton. There's people who really adored him as whatever. Me, it doesn't hold a dear I'm a Christian Bale guy. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but you know, I, we did have the podcast in the past where we talked about, you know, the top five Batman or whatever, you know, going through it, Michael Keaton. I know I was expecting him to do better on that list than he did, but I do know a lot of people think very highly of him, but you've got the Tim Burton, you've got the Michael Keaton, you've got the, the Danny DeVito, which, you know, like I said, was memorable to me and it has stuck with me. I turned 30, uh, three days ago and it is still here just imprinted in my brain. The fact that all that goes around, this movie is not that good of a movie. <laughs> like it does in today's day and age, when I watch it, I'm like, man, this is not that entertaining overall. But like, I'm having to pay attention to it. So here I do have these positive things to say about it because these are all true. Like, dang, you, somebody could tell you, hey, you really need to go back and watch Batman Returns. Like, why? It probably blows. And it's like, well, Check it out if you like Tim Burton because of the fact that it's like a real life movie and it's not like a I don't know if it's called claymation or whatever it is those kind of movies. I know he does other, he's done other movies, but it's just one of those things. Like I would have not known had I not have dug a little deeper that Tim Burton even did those movies. Like I heard about like I've talked about this and discovered this information probably like a year or two ago, but still the fact that it took me that long to understand and Tim Burton is a renowned guy it's like uh, quentin tarantino the way that he kind of has a, his own brush of the pen i think you guys should go through an all rate danny devito's performance <laughs> i i give them i give i give the movie a 4.5 by the this way it's gonna get a hate letter from danny devito <laughs> <laughs> okay let's do that that'll be fun let's rate danny devito's performance i'll start i think it was at 7.5 that was six i give it a six he had to be over the top that's what it was like yeah that's what the movie called for. That's yeah. what the era called for. Legitimately, if it was an actor playing a corpse in a coffin, I would give that a zero. So I literally, I, I it's a one for me. It's a one. I thought he was going negative. <laughs> I'm not going to go negative. <laughs> like negative I mean, points. For what he was doing. Okay, let me, let me, let me backtrack. Why are we harping so much on Danny DeVito? What you guys say? It's important. The, the people care. I'm telling you. <laughs> Listen, I mean, if it really all depends, you know, something in the, you know, the types of conversations that I have, we like to use our brains and be like, you know, man, just because it's bad to you doesn't mean it's bad to everyone. I was petrified. It is a good thing. It left a mark to petrify me by Danny DeVito's performance and his imagery and all this other good stuff. Really, honestly, I don't want to give him a 10, but I don't want to give him a one. I am going to just have to give Danny DeVito overall because, you know, we blame the writing all the time. We blame the writing all the time. So Danny DeVito as the Penguin potentially could have even been better. So his performance, in my opinion, I'm going to have to give him a 6.5. As memorable as he was, you still ain't giving him above a, a like an 8. No, because you're, you're still me. not you're still not singing his praise. Y'all know it wasn't that good. It was, it was long enough ago. I might have pooped my pants after seeing this guy. It's I'm not trying to say that, that I'm not trying to say that he's up there in the Heath Ledger territory, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's something that made an impression on audiences, whether or not you love it or not. Can you imagine if Tim like Burton two girls, one cup did like a 
did like an animated style, kind of like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas or something of this movie. How over the top it would have been, yeah. If they just had him voiceover, like think about that. That would yeah. be crazy and potentially more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> potentially, I mean, well, hey, was it the penguin in the new movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. As played by Colin Farrell with lots and lots of makeup on. You got you got me on here reviewing this movie from like the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, like you were on that one, Luke. <laughs> or Spider Man? That was a brand new film when we reviewed. Uh, yeah, it. I know, I know, I know. But I love that man. Anyway, uh, okay, sorry, digress. With all that being said, before we leave, Mr. Shane, why don't you tell us about your your podcast that we can find on Spotify? Yeah, you can find it in just about everywhere that podcasts uh, get uploaded. Probably not everywhere, but there's like seven or eight different places, big platforms. Uh, Organic Poison Podcast, you can just Google it if you really want to. We just hit episode 100, and that's awesome. Uh, really excited to be able to reach that milestone. I have a lot of fun on that on that show talking with my friends and people, artists, and, you know, it's I would love to say that I interview artists, but I'm pretty good at derailing the conversation. So, you know, we just talk about whatever and it's fun. You know, it's, it, I almost look at it as therapy, you know, because prices for therapy are just so high. Thank you so much for watching us on YouTube. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok. You can find us there with the handle at Real Comic Book Cinema. And also, you can find us on Facebook. Until next time, have a good one. Now that we're off the air, can I ask Luke? How does he feel about the petition to get Danny DeVito to play Wolverine? <laughs> <laughs> What's okay, the after that? You're like, oh, wow. Nice. Oh. I love it. I'm Jen. Hi. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Uh, what I'd like to do first is to put these little glove thingies on you. Our research tells us that voters like fingers. So if we want to just lose.